If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Mike Bernat, the CEO of Shockwork Games, the studio behind the upcoming title known as Nadir. Thanks for joining. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you. Uh, I'm glad you agreed to do this because the game looks interesting. Like this looks like my style. I'm very much into roguelikes. I'm into card games. I love the the very dark and, and dreary aesthetic to this. Um, but before we actually dive into the game, I always like to get to know the people behind the game. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into game creation in the first place? Oh, that's that's a story. <laughs> I don't know if we have, you know, time to explain everything. Let's just say that. Well, I always wanted to do this, right? That's that just get this out of hand. You know, that was like my childhood dream. You know, to to uh-huh. make 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 games. Uh, and there was this this company that was called Gamespall, and I'm not joking. You know, it was seriously called like that. <laughs> uh, it was a disaster, you know. The company fell apart, but uh, the team, you know, sticking. You know, we so we get to know each other back then, making mobile games, and we decided that we want to do something, something cool and and for reals this time around. And we started working on our first game that was called uh, Alder's Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's released on Steam and and Nintendo Switch, and soon on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, that's a stealth tactics game right, in this right. Victorian uh, like horror setting. You're basically running around with a team of vampire hunters, you know, slaying not only vampires but also some werewolves and other other stuff. And you know, we released that, and we had to make something new. And and there was this this GDD, more like page document for for Nadir, and this was brought up. And and we started working on that. I like it. I like it. So let's let's take a, a step back. I, I want to. I don't want to dive uh, straight into the game just yet. I want to talk okay. a little bit about how you kind of brought up this idea of Shockwork Games. So you mentioned being in a studio that kind of crumbled, but uh, many of the people still stuck around. What was it? Uh, you know, in your mind, because you're you're the CEO, right? You seem to be at the head of the helm. You know. What really made you take charge on saying like, okay, well, I want to start this company with these people, right? Uh, well, I knew that all of us were very talented, you know, that uh, we have this drive, you know, uh, may not have experience, but if you have this right approach uh, mm-hmm. to work, and you know, I learned very fast, you can do something, something great, and each of the, you know, titles that you release will be better and better. Mm. So, so that was it. I didn't want to lead, <laughs> but <laughs> someone had to, and, and it usually ends up, you know, with me. And that was when I was part of like something like Polish equivalent of scouts, you know. Then okay. when I was in historical reconstruction group, I don't know. That's that's how it usually ends up, and, and yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you have any? Uh 
prior experience from a like a, a business standpoint or you know was this just something that you and the, this team decided to take on unbeknownst you know like not knowing what it could really entail and how much work would really go into it yeah it was exactly like you described <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I started the company that was a private business, you know, first. Uh -huh. So, uh, it, it, it is like the easiest way to start a company in Poland, but you're also limited with, with your options when it comes to uh, investment deals and stuff like that, you know, because there's no shares or anything like that. It's, it's, it's pretty much like you're, you're just, uh, you know, individual, you know, doing business, something right, like that. Right. Uh, so after Elder's Blood, uh, we, we, you know, changed the business type to a public company. Um, that was a bit of a process. So hmm. yeah, now I can tell you that time CEO, you know, before that, there wasn't a title like that because right, the company right. was, was completely different. Uh, so yeah, you know, right now there's not only games, but also the stock exchange that, you know, we need to take into huh. consideration, which is not that fun sometimes but it also gives you a lot of opportunities so i'm not gonna you know like sit and nag about this because uh, yeah it's it's something that uh, allows us to to grow right right it's a it's a little bit of a, a i don't want to say a burden because it's probably not the the best word for it but it's it's the you have to do this because you know that that's part of running a business, right? It's a lot of the times people think about like, oh, we just want to have our own game. We want to create our own games. And it's like, well, there's this whole other part that you really have to sink a lot of time into that has nothing to do with the game, right? Yeah, you know, the, the market changed, you know, the industry changed. It's not, it's different. Either you adapt, you know, and really treat this as a business or... Or you won't have this opportunity like that. And I'm not saying that, right. you know, yeah. we are the best example. We are just learning everything. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm actually pretty envious of people that can do this as their side projects. You know, they have like the full time job and just and can do something else on the on the side. I know this right. can be exhausting, right? Because you basically have two uh, two jobs. But there's no time restrictions, you know, anything like that. You don't have to, like, say anything to anybody and fill up, you know, your schedule and stuff like that. You just work on something nice, like Death Trash that just got released, right? The guy was working on this for, I don't know, six years, right? Yeah, so yeah. I actually just, just did an interview with them as well. Uh, oh. And I, I believe they said it was, like, five years. Yeah, five, six years. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. Um, it's it it's very interesting because I I have had a lot of conversations obviously with different developers who are on both sides of the you know full time I'm just dedicated to the game or this part time approach where throughout the course of a couple of years they're they're working on it slowly by slowly and it just it it does blow my mind because I've seen some who um, the the individual who created oh, what is the name of the game it is uh, Krumit's Tale I believe it is yeah. Um, that that developer is insane when it comes to time management because they had a full-time job were working on a application game or was working also on a steam version of it like a different version of it and was telling me how they did uh, time management and how they had this whole like system to it and it just blew my mind that i struggle 
<laughs> with just doing my normal duties it, from a day-to-day perspective. I'm always thinking I need more time. And then I see these people who are doing stuff just where it just seems impossible. There's not that many hours in a day, but it's all about how you manage yeah. it though. Yeah, that's that's the key. That's the key for for reels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, you know, Meteorfall, uh, the first game uh, before Chrome, it's there was actually one of the inspirations for from Nadir, from Nadir. So, oh, that's awesome! That's awesome yeah. to hear. Um, well, okay. So before we dive into the game, though, I do just want to ask one final question uh, about kind of well, actually two, but one more around you and kind of your your journey from this you know CEO slash artist position, right? Because I'm sure it's a bit of a balancing act to have uh, time for all of this. How do you manage to keep up and like how do how do you really balance that load between being an artist versus being a CEO? Well, I work for the whole day. There's <laughs> really not, not much into that, you know, sometimes. Uh, like, I'm starting my vacation on, on, on Saturday, so to, Congrats. like, thanks, to just, you know, be uh, not left everything, you know, in, in crumbles. And I'm, like, yeah. you know, waking up at, uh, like, around 8 and finish up around, you know, 11 p.m. or sometimes, you know, later, so... That's that's sometimes how it is, uh, yeah. but you know if you're only running a company like for real, then it's it's really twenty four seven seven days a week. Uh, right. You never actually stop. And in this like working system that we have, because uh, we're working from home, right? We don't have a, a, yeah. like an office or anything like that. Uh, there is this. Uh, possibility let's call it you know <laughs> this temptation to work more than you should and, yeah, yeah. and i have a little bit of problem with that you know keeping to this normal hours so <laughs> i don't have to sleep through the whole weekend you know to oh my goodness yeah. well it's a good thing you're taking some vacation then at least take a take a little bit of a break it sounds yeah. like you need it um and then my uh, one of my questions that i had about this was you mentioned having a, a previous title with uh, with the company, which is Alder's Blood. And that was more of a uh, kind of like an XCOM-like. It was a tactical game. Mm-hmm. What was the reason for going into what is now going to be Nadir, which is a, a much different game? Um, you know, it's, there's still that strategy perspective, but now is that card game slash JRPG type style. What was it about that gameplay mechanic that made you kind of carry over to a different genre? Mm, with Folders Blood, we had we had a feature creep, right? I'm not mm. going to lie, you know, and uh, even the slight update for, for this game, that's a shitload of work, right? As there was a lot of uh, very... Hmm, Let's just call it stupid decisions, you know, that were gotcha, not gotcha. really very, you know, fought well. Uh, that makes this make this a chore, you know. To, there's, there's there's everything in there, you know, and really the game doesn't need that much, you know, that many mechanics. You know, need to balance this stuff out. Right. And right. I just I was like, okay, I don't want to do this again, guys. Like, we need to update this this game anyway, so I don't want to make another one that, you know, we have to go through this through this <laughs> again. So, so we're looking. I was looking into, uh, as I call them, more tight games, right? Where you right, have right. like one or two main mechanics, uh, and then it's all around this, and then you have stuff 
that are like details, you know, additional small small things that of course you know also change the gameplay, but this is not something that you have to spend so much time right just right. just you know balancing and making right and so we are looking at different different smaller size basically games yeah that makes sense i mean lay a good foundation within you know in a a very solid mechanic or two and then find ways to build upon that and i think doing it in in this realm of having it that more card style of not having to worry about all of the different movement and the different mm-hmm. placement of people does make it, you know, a little bit easier to manage. So I think that makes sense. Now, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's it. You know, there's uh, like with Alders Blood, we had, we have movement mechanics, we had stamina, we had, you know, of course, health, but that's like in every game, but right. also like uh, vision, smell, sound, right? This is, this is a lot of, a lot of stuff, right? That you need to take into consideration. And in the end, the game is not necessarily better for it. Now that's, right. that's something that I found out. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I, I definitely feel like that is one of the things that you will often find with uh, indie developers or just developers in general um, creating, you know, their first title, there's often a lot of this, well, it's our first one. I want to put all the bells and whistles in it. I want it to be this super cool, like never before seen type of thing that has all of these different details. And it it, it can sometimes weigh the game down because too many things mean that nothing is, is you know, uh, perfect, right? Yeah, there's, there's no... Uh, like weight put into something. Like you don't see this out, outright and... Yeah, even though if I would to start over, I would make Elders but completely different. Uh, definitely not turn-based. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I don't think it really adds too much, or even if it would be like that, uh, not on such big maps, you know, on something smaller, more compact. Right. Yeah, I, I love the honesty to this. I, I'm enjoying getting uh, a little bit of a window into your previous projects, but let's start with what is now your current goal and hopefully is coming out soon we're going to talk about nadir so let's just dive into this for people who might not have heard anything about the game let's hear your elevator pitch kind of what is this game all about uh nadir is this roguelike deck builder uh with basically something that you can call the boss rush mode right you always fight a single enemy with a group of three people this is this jrpg uh, inspiration that we have. Uh, so we are always fighting someone that is stronger than any mm-hmm. of you guys, and you need to balance, you know, this this aggro uh, of this guy. So there's always this this. I believe, you know, I hope there is <laughs> this <laughs> thrill, you know, of uh, you know, will I survive the next turn, right? Uh, especially with the the big big guys, you know, because we have these enemies that you encounter along the way and at the end there is this big big boss you know that is even scarier right Um, right so yeah so that's i love that idea to be honest i didn't even realize uh from looking at trailers and and you know doing a little bit of the research that it was constantly that major boss type i i had just only seen that there was one enemy enemy at a time but i was just like oh it's 
you know, whatever it's, it's just shown in there. Maybe there will be more. I, I do enjoy this idea of it constantly being a boss rush game, which I didn't know at first. Um, what was, what was the main reason that you wanted to just focus on, you know, you talked about that JRPG inspiration, but like, why not have something like a slay the spire or, or other card game types where it's like little ads and then a big boss at the end. Mm, because, like you just said, there is like the spire in other games <laughs> that, <laughs> that that have this. No, but for reals, I was I was looking into um, how you can make turn base a little bit different, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How how you can change uh, this 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 whole idea. And I had a couple of ideas, and one of those was uh, something that I call the threat counter. Uh, so you have this little counter, you know, with with numbers somewhere on top of the screen and and how we can use it, right? Because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in Slay the Spire, you have like basically mana, right? That you spend, you have a resource right. that you that you are spending. And here I I wanted to try something uh, that's sometimes called uh, risk management, right? So mm-hmm. how much can you throw in? At the same time, will you be able to actually take in this, what you have built, <laughs> right? Uh, first time, I encountered this in a game called Hordes. This is a tabletop game, right? A war game, and and I and I just tried to, to you know play around with this risk management thing. So in in Nadir, you can play as many cards as you want, as long as you have them, right? There is no like resource that you you know. This is the only resource that you have. What you have on your in your hand, and. Huh. The cost on the cards is not like in Slay the Spire, right? You have four mana, you've played something for two, you now have two left. Right. You just add, right? It, it, it's this threat, you know, that the cards have. So if you have a card that says one, it will add one to the to the threat counter. And uh, so how this works is that once you reach a certain threshold, right now it's set to three and six, uh, the enemy's skill will get uh, stronger. Right, so uh-huh. if he's going to hit you, you know he has an attack for like two five, right? This, there's always the spread, mm-hmm. and you you reach number three. This can be like four eight, right? And then even more, or can, or can add uh, a debuff to the attack. And same Gosh. with with like buffs uh, on his end. Mm. So you can play your your hand you can you know create a, a crazy combo but you need to be prepared that the enemy will hit you back or will buff itself you know very nicely so maybe you need to have some cards that will drop this threat counter a bit you know there are cards like that that can manage okay. manage that a little bit maybe uh, you know there will be like all of these different right, effects right. You, know, you don't have every every single effect no you know, the no game. that's yeah of course of course uh, but I, the, I like it because it, it it adds that element of strategy where i and you know this might be just me making up assumptions on how i'm hearing it but it sounds like there might be situations where you know you can play your whole hand or you can play a certain card but maybe you want to take the damage that you know they're going to throw your way uh before you play these these cards because you don't want them buffed or or vice versa like it it sounds like there's a little bit of of management on when's the best time to play these cards rather than you know in something like a slay the spire which is just like which are the best cards to play for this moment yes and there's also another element that's also like taken from i think more from mmo games actually Uh, Hmm. there's aggro 
right? Okay. So the enemy, had, if, if he's going to attack or debuff, he chooses a target, right? Uh, right. One of the maneuver guys. But uh, when a character uses a card, uh, an attack card, it will draw the aggro on this character, right? Oh, so so you, okay. can, you can manage this like that. And there's also uh, taunt effects uh, that can be applied not only to, to attacks. Because spell cards, this is like a different type of cards, they won't draw aggro. Only attacks does that. Mm, do that, sorry. Uh, so it's not only how many cards you want to play, but also in what order, right? right because your hand right. is, is divided into cards from a specific character. You have three of them. So you have three different colors of your cards. And when you play a certain card, the certain character will will use it, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, so, yeah, so you have different roles in your team, right? Right now you have three characters, but you will have like a bigger roster which you can choose from. So you have guys that are more tankish, right? You have guys that are support and like more... Hmm, Tricky, you know, like blue, uh, blue deck in, in Magic: The Gathering, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> all, of the, all of this fancy stuff, and <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, they are weaker in defense, right? Uh, gotcha, but you know, they gotcha. can provide cards that can benefit others, right? Like, so you know, your deck building starts with choosing your starting team, and then, well, you get cards. You, there's a shop, you know, you get cards after the battle, and you you slowly build this up towards something that you hope will be enough to you know kill the the, the main boss right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that makes sense i'm glad you already mentioned uh one of the questions i wanted to ask which was if it's always the same three or if you are choosing different characters which it sounds like that is the case um but my other question around that in your uh description of the game uh i wanted to talk about what you meant when you were saying uh yeah okay to control a team of three powerful yet extremely flawed characters what exactly do you mean by extremely flawed now is this talking about something from a story context like some flavor of of their uh you know the fact that they're part of this like the deadly sins that's their inspiration or is this more of uh, a gameplay mechanic where you know they they might be strong in one area but have uh, a severe weakness that you have to try and and play into with the other characters that you're picking. Well, it's it's actually both, right? Because yeah, all of these characters, gameplay wise, right? They mm-hmm. are uh, very focused on on a certain theme. They usually have like one or two of these themes. Like so. Uh, Okay, I'll start with maybe with the background because it will be easier to describe this. Uh, so okay. yeah, another another part is is this uh, the story element of these guys. Uh, we'll have a devlog coming soon, so you may dive more into that once it uh, be released. But uh, all of these characters are based on historical figures. Gotcha. Right. Uh, so we at first we were thinking to to like make this like a little bit of uh, of lore that you need to find but i don't think this is a good idea so you <laughs> know the the lady with the banner that's john of arc right the right, right. the guy in armor is mr cromwell and uh, and the last guy you know the one with the book that's oscar wilde huh. okay. uh, yeah and there is there's a little bit of of, of like 
heavy topic of why they are where they are, right? <laughs> okay. it's, it's something yeah. like I'm not, I'm not gonna go like very deep into that, but it's basically it's not what you did that matters; it's what society thinks that you did, you know, that puts you in hell. And right. and right now you're this uh, sinner, right? And yeah, each of those guys are connected to a to a cardinal sin. Mm, but it's more like what how people damned them and not you know they sinned at least in some cases not in every gotcha okay every, every okay case. so yeah so going with with that you know we also were building some uh this this gameplay themes you know for for these guys uh so for example uh Joan is is like your she can be your tank mm-hmm. or she can be your damager Right, uh, hmm. the, like this, this two two basic themes. So I think of Ironclad, right, from from Slay the Spire. Right, it, right. It's, it's something like that. But she's more into this martyr type of thing. You know, I will gotcha. sacrifice a bit of myself, you know, to gain something. Uh-huh. Um, so we can find cards like that in her deck, and then we have uh, Cromwell. That uh, is more about support. Cool. Or or debuffing, right? Uh, he's not really into into dealing much, you know, a lot of damage himself, uh, mm-hmm. but he's more about uh, either weakening the the boss or strengthening his allies. Uh, and then Oscar is about all of these uh, different tricks, you know, to to use like uh, uh, use the the debuff, you know, to deal even more damage, uh, stuff stuff like that. Uh, Deal more damage while not being targeted. There, there's a lot of these these effects, you know, that we already have, and we'll be adding more because I think Makes we have sense. a nice, nice foundation. Now we can build like another another layer on top of that to make right. these builds, you know, like deeper. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the leveling and the fact that you're saying, you know, this character can be a tank or a damage dealer. This person can go more buffing or more debuffing, right? Um, can you give me a little bit of a rundown on kind of how the leveling system works? Because I noticed that you know uh, you you have these cards, but you also have kind of similar to to like JRPG style. It there is a skill tree with these characters that you are leveling as you're going down uh, further into the game. Uh, how, how does that work as far as the difference between leveling? Is it like base stats, or does leveling instead? give you opportunities to choose certain cards? Well, right now, you know, that the progression, because I call it like, I call it like that, is uh, we are focused on how you're getting these cards, right? Uh-huh. And how you can manage these cards. So after a battle, you, uh, you can choose one of three cards that are presented to you. And mm-hmm. right now, we'll be adding a system that will, uh, you know, make this process a little bit hmm, easier to manage for the player uh, because gotcha. I, uh, I think only Slay the Spire has this <clears throat> and I believe that's how it's done but I may be you know, wrong but <laughs> that's how uh-huh. we are doing this basically all of these cards will have like a hidden keyword uh, and yeah. if you chose your first card and it has this, this keyword there's a higher probability of getting another card with the same keyword Right, so if uh, you are going gotcha. for this, let's buff our attack. You know, like for this raw damage. You know, you get you'll be presented with at least you know in theory because that's always RNG. You know what I meant into that? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, with cards that will fit in this in this theme, 
And there's also a shop where you can buy uh, some some cards because you gain uh, money after after each fight. Uh, obols, you know the the coins that were used to pay Haran, mm-hmm. Haran, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to... uh, but we also have levels. Yes, we also have levels. Mm. And right now in this in this version that you can get, it's not really used. Uh, because I'm I'm still finding a way how to how to use it properly. Right now I'm leaning towards uh, like a very small selection of cards mm. that you can uh, you can choose from only from this leveling uh, option, gotcha. um, which are like your ultimates you may call it or something like that, legendary cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, but you know the system supports uh, leveling up stats. Uh, and I think we'll we'll just go with that. Maybe it will be like uh, mm, like setup progression. You don't you don't choose anything. You just get a little bit stronger so you can keep up with the stronger enemies. Right. But this right. is this is one of those of those things that uh, is is still in development. Yeah? So there's no like final word on how this will look like. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, okay, so that's leveling. I'm sure there's things that will change. Uh, let's talk about kind of the uh, accessibility or the ascension runs. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's hard to to not um, use Slay the Spire as an example, but in general, with a lot of these type of card games, uh, whether it be this, whether it be Monster Train, any of the others. Um, you'll usually have the ability to beat one of these games, like, right, you'll complete a run. Um, and that usually will take someone a while to to really understand the mechanics and to, to get a little bit better at it. And then finally they beat it. And then at that point, you'll usually have these extra challenge levels where, okay, now we're going to make it a little bit harder for you, or we're going to do something that changes a little bit. Is there going to be any of, of that type of, uh, you know, extra modes uh, in this game, I was thinking about something that was shit. I forgot how this how this game was called. It was like a mix of tactical game and card game in pixel art. That was a free to play game PvP. Um, that was pixel art. Hmm. Yeah, they they are closing the servers. Unfortunately, I really like this game. Okay, maybe I maybe I remember later. But uh, they had. Something they had this did these challenges and these challenges were like you have one turn to figure out how to how to solve this right uh, you were presented with a number of cards with a number of units and okay do you know just just win win the game in one one turn uh-huh. uh, or something that was also in a war group uh, which was also pretty interesting it was like a different. Uh, Different way of thinking about this, right? You could, you, right? So I was thinking about something like that, uh, which could also give you ideas how you could actually use these cards, right? Because you you have to find this combo, and maybe that will be like, ah, okay, I haven't thought about this, right? Right. Um, so maybe a little bit of almost like a tutorial, you know, with uh, uh, with this uh, puzzle game kind of thingy, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, new game plus, you know, because that's yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. what uh, what session is. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, the, once we have you know the basics done, you know a lot of the stuff that okay, we we are like really uh, 
you know happy with how how, how this looks then then right, we'll be right. looking into this 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 kind of stuff for for, for sure you know uh, yeah. their ideas uh i don't know if i want to spoil this uh, because there is a big idea you know how to, of course, how to of make course. the like next round uh a little bit more surprising mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, but you know, right okay. now we are focusing on the on the main guts of the, of gotcha, the game. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. But still, some some ideas open uh, as far as what might come next. It's more of one of those questions around you know replayability and and kind of what happens after you do beat that first run. You know, you you win the game, but with many roguelikes that's far from the end of your playtime with this game, right? Yeah, yeah, no, we have a lot of these, 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 these monsters, you know, that you can encounter, and, you know, the goal is to actually make this so many of them that, you know, you won't be able to see all of them during one run, right? Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's, that's one thing to add to replayability. Another one is to make... Uh, more characters, right? So you can mix up, you know, f try out different different builds, Right, right. Uh, but yeah, you, you're right. You know, to make this like uh, more of a challenge. I don't think this will be like a huge issue uh, mm -hmm. with what we have. Mm, and I hope that you know community will help us with this replayability thing because the game has uh, modding support. Right, right. That's very true. That's very true. So, you know, um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to talk about that a little bit. You pushed that pretty heavily. What inspired you to to focus so much on having that as a selling point to the game darkest dungeon that was like the direct inspiration but i was very much into modding when i was playing morrowind mm. uh, i played this game for like one and a half year like constantly nothing else right uh, when uh -huh, i uh -huh. played, like i found out okay you can you can download these mods maybe make something of yourself for yourself mm. And you know there are games, you know, like of course, you know, the other Elder Scrolls that still run with this idea, uh, and there were some games, indie games, that I think could benefit from this greatly, but for the reason they didn't add this, well, for the reason because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to add this, uh, maybe it's not hard, but you need to sacrifice some things or make some things differently, you know, to make this work. Right, uh, right, and you know Nadir with with this with this structure, that was an ideal candidate, right? Because we used uh, we are using spine for the characters and and then the enemies, and it's very easy to to mod things, you know, with with, with these spine rigs. Um, so anybody who has uh, access to, to to the to the program, you know, they can they can do whatever they want. They can do even better stuff that we did, right? Because <laughs> it, it's not because <laughs> like you can see now we have these animations that are just you know like uh, like a frame, right? And, and right, they look right. and they look cool in this in this action pose, <laughs> but. You don't have to do something like that, you know. If you have more time yeah, and yeah, you don't want sure. to do like I don't know, hundred monsters or something like that, and then yeah, it's, you, it's a lot of time. You, can, you can make something more crazy, right? Uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's no, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's uh, an interesting perspective because there's a lot of people out there who aren't even doing it from a perspective of like trying to get money, but just want to uh, you know produce something to a game that they really enjoy or or show something cool that they can do. You know, there's a lot of people who are totally fine with and and this is a weird way to 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 say like 
uh, not really a reason for doing modding, but there's people out there who will still produce stuff for you, even though you're not hiring them, even though you're not a part of that, but because they want to add to the community. And it just makes it um, like if you start off with this idea of creating a scalable model that can be moddable, um, I I feel like you're setting yourself in the right direction, especially uh, to try and build a community who who enjoys the game and will help you continue that that replayability factor that I talked about because even even though you're a small limited team you're going to be working on the game there's probably going to be a likelihood that people will help you and create some of those experiences without you having to be a part of every little step of the way yeah that's that's already happened a couple of times you know someone was okay let's try this Uh, could could you do something like that and then he was like well, I could actually do this myself, right? I did the, <laughs> the, the, the file and, and add what I want. Uh, it's not, you know, like that super easy. Uh, mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to, you know, tinker in some, you know, basically like simple, but still code. Uh, yeah. But, you know, with a little bit of, of practice, you know, you can, you can do pretty much anything that we do in engine. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, like a complete redesign of cards of any character or just adding a new character no problem, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be visuals, right? It can be just rebalance everything and, and bam, that's your game mode basically, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's cool because I, I think that like, and I, I don't know if you do have, you know, something to the nature of like an accessibility mode or difficulties or things like that, but like that's something where you leaving the platform available for people to to change or to, uh, you know, do kind of what they, they think might benefit the game that makes different possible modes that makes different characters that makes different cards it's just a world of opportunities right mm-hmm. yeah you know in terms of uh, like accessibility uh, i think we wouldn't have like that much of a problem you know with uh, allowing a lot of people you know, to play this mm-hmm. uh, maybe not you know like go super crazy like make this game playable by blind people, right? I, I still right. for me it's like surreal, you know, how you can make make something like that and huge, you know, like congrats to to, to developers who, who know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like remapping, you know, simple things like remapping your your controls, you know, it will it will be there, you know, we have this very nice plugin to, to Unity because we are building this in Unity, you know, that uh, basically you can set up, you know, buttons however you want. Uh, right. So at least that, right. Uh, we didn't go crazy into color coding. Uh, so I think color blind people shouldn't have that much of a problem with playing this. Mm. It's good. We don't have like huge, huge experience into the subject. This is something that yeah, uh, yeah. was brought up uh, like a few months ago, right? And there's this more talking about this. And, and I hope that we, you know, as a community of, you know, developers and gamers will will talk more about this because, you know, the last big conversation on social media was a little bit disappointing, I'll be, I'll be honest. Mm. Mm. I don't remember what was the, the game that was the subject of that. I, I forgot about this. Uh, but that was very very unfair you know (laughs) yeah yeah for sure but i think i think that kind of like even though you know you might not be the the experts in that format right but like setting yourselves up for success when it comes to having an open network 
makes it easier for you to then uh, take that step or have someone help you and consult with you on, you know, what are the ways to to make that right? If there are different ways to make the game more accessible, because I think that, you know, a lot of this is a learning process, you know, that's, it's one of those things where it's going to be hard, especially since the industry isn't standard in in all of the abilities and ways to be accessible like these are the moments where having an open platform makes it easier where at least that step is taken care of so that when these requests come in or when these things happen it's easier to to build upon rather than to try and fight the system to to cram something in yeah yeah that's true that's true you know that's why we wanted to make this a little bit smaller because you know compared to elders blood you know nadir that's that's pure joy to work on, right? Right, <laughs> like right. To add something new, to, to change something. So, yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. Uh, so I see for Steam that you have a release date of Q3 2021, which is exciting because that means it could be pretty soon. Um, is is that still the case? And how is development going in general? Uh, well, right now, I think this week we'll have like a game. Right, this this won't be like okay, this is a little bit clunky. This is this is not necessarily what what we want. There's something missing. It's it's like this is the base game, and here's the roadmap, right? Because we we will go in early access with this one. You know, uh, let's, gotcha. let's you know like get this out of the way. Uh, that was the idea from the very beginning <clears throat> that this will be like a long term project. You know, let's build uh, the the less exciting stuff first, you know, maybe it'll take right. longer and uh, then you could without modding support and stuff like that. But then, you know, adding new stuff will be will be way easier, right? So, and so far it works. Uh, we, you know, we had to make some adjustments to have the game place because, you know, the game uh, in its initial, like, pitch started as a... Um, as a card game, then it was something more close to a JRPG or you know like Darkest Dungeon, and then it went back you know to be right, like a classic, right. classic uh, card game. Um, so yeah, mm. early access, uh, yes, Q3 of of this year uh, on Steam and Switch most likely. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, if there is there's a Banners of Ruin, I think, are in, in early access on, on Switch, so, and I think we'll try to do this as as well. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it for a long time, but there was like nobody doing that, and and it turns out that there are people who are doing that. Maybe they are not extremely vocal because you don't have like a feature on Switch, right, that will right, allow you to make right. this early access. But there are games that are like released and then updated. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Risk of Rain Two did that. I'm pretty sure there was a Switch yeah. release before their official 1.0 release. So, well, it makes sense. Kind of everybody likes updates, right? And Switch is actually great for that. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the backend uh, actually is, is is extremely good with that because you can basically, if someone plays your demo, you know, like is following you or and did anything with your game, right? right. Uh, then you can directly. Yeah, contact them, right? Uh, I think there's a mailing list, uh, and if not, there is news, and these news are based on what you were playing, right? So if you downloaded a demo of, of something, right, and these guys have, like, a big update, you know, it will pop up in your news section right. on, on your Switch, right? Uh, so that's that's actually great. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to hear that it is... Uh, much closer than I had anticipated. I think it makes sense from an early access 
period, just because of your idea of, you know, getting the community very involved in this project. Um, I'd love to to wrap this up with one final question that I always ask all of our um, our participants, our interview guests, uh, to kind of give us a little bit of advice. Uh, you know, you've worked on Elder's Blood. You're now working on the deer. You've had some time to be in this space and to learn a lot of things. I'm sure, uh, whether that be good or bad. Um, for those who are listening who might be, you know, interested in starting their own project or working on their own game, uh, possibly becoming a CEO of their own company, what's some advice that you'd give? Mm, don't be arrogant. You know, when you start your first project, uh, you think you can take this on. Even if something looks easy to do, it doesn't mean it will be easy to manage. You know, there, right. there are some, some stuff like, I don't know, you're a game designer and uh, all of you are, you know, just starting out. So you ask your, your programmer, programmer, will this be hard to, to implement, right? This, this whole idea. And, you know, like the usual answer will be not really, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, if you implement, you know, like one, two, three, five of these things, you know, they need to uh, work together, right? Basically, you know, like making a game is like, managing uh, a system of connected parts, you know, and mm -hmm. if one of those parts doesn't fit, you know, the whole machine can fall apart. Mm. Yeah, so like, if you want to make a first game, don't go too crazy with, with the idea, don't blow it up with, with features, just do something simple, limit the stuff that, the st amount of stuff that you can, you have to then balance and, and, and manage, right? Uh, JRPGs are actually very good for that, you know, combat of JRPGs. Like, there's no movement system. There's right. no, like, I, you, you just focus on dealing damage, right, defending, stuff like that. This You, you have less animations, right, to, to do. Or maybe a game without a combat, you know. Uh, this is something that I would like to do one day, but I don't have, like, a very good idea yet. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've seen a tweet one uh, one day. It was like, Start making a game without combat, and you can see how much else you can do. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Because when you have a you know fighting, fighty game, right, and a shooting or, or melee, you know, especially melee, this is your this is your game basically, right? This, yeah. this combat system is your game needs to be it needs to be good, and that takes a lot of resources, right? You need to manage animations, you know, all of the hitboxes, stuff like that. There's shitloads of the of those stuff that well maybe. You don't have to do if you had a different idea, like make a no. city builder or something like that, right? And yeah, there's it's it's interesting because a lot of games, you know, you think about it, uh, will commonly go towards that idea of you're attacking, you're shooting, you're killing something, right? And it's usually the games that don't do that, they they have those very interesting or those different approaches unique mechanics that you'll see because they have to make it something that's that's unusual that's not just a combat focused game right yes and then it's you you have this hook right okay so, oh it's something different right and then you want to play this more mm. yeah that's 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 the thing for sure you know combat yeah. is is easy easy to think because you know that's like the uh, history of video games, right? Uh, you may we may say, you know, that's how we built this this whole idea. But also that this, uh, from game design perspective, this is a very simple loop, 
you know, that you can use. Yeah. You, you attack, is getting damaged. Okay, I understand how this works. Uh, and it can be very rewarding when you destroy something, it explodes in this big flash of, of fire or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I get why why this could be satisfying and nice, but yeah, I think we, especially as indies, you know, I think we can we can make something still nice and unique without smashing everybody with with whatever. And that's definitely will be focus, uh, you know, <laughs> on my end <laughs> because yeah. I really would like to make something like that. Right. Yeah, but I think I think a, a main good point of it is is to to start simple and make yeah. sure you can do something well before trying to do many things. Right. Yeah. The, the one big lesson is uh, finishing stuff. <laughs> you, you, no, no, that's that's uh, that may may sound funny because you know there's a difference between making a prototype. You know seeing that something is working and something working properly or something showing you that is working. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's yeah. this, this whole different levels, you know, because you may have a feature that's working, right? Like I'm dealing damage to the enemy. Uh, like in, let's look at Nadi, right? You are using a card, bam, you are dealing damage. Okay, if we don't show, you know, the dead and damage number or the, the animation will not play, you know, you may not even notice that something happened, right? And Right, right. This, 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 type of, this kind of stuff that there's a lot of that and like even in a simple platformer you know there's it's not as simple like you walk you jump you know there is uh, this uh, hole in the wall with spikes so you need to jump over this you know to make a very good good one you need to add these like little margins you know so you can actually walk on air a little bit just so it will be uh, enjoyable and uh yeah, prototyping is not the same as, as making a game. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes in the game. Uh, but anyway, so for those listening, Nadir is currently in development, but they have a pre-order sale over on itch.io. So I would highly recommend, if any of this sounded interesting, go check out their page over there, pick up the game, help them out. Um, and if you you know don't want to buy the game just yet and you want to wait, um, you could also go to Steam and wishlist so that you are notified when that game does go live. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was very nice, you know, talk about games. I love it. So <laughs> yeah, a nice, a nice little break, right? Uh, something different. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. Well, take care.